the Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 22, part B of The Tree on the Wing. As we continue with part B of the episode, Tim's going to tell us some more stories about his auntie Bonnie and his uncle Don, and he's going to tell us a wonderful story about running into a Bowenheads footy club legend out at sea. I remember, I remember Don picking up the cans after the game, always, you know, yes. like yep. when, uh, you know, you're kicking the footy and then it's dark and then you go upstairs to find the old man and you knew roughly where he was, yep. you know, probably within four, within three or four metres of the bar. Of the bar. <laughs> um, but yeah, Don was out there in the dark picking up cans, picking up cans, all doing it, you know, the next morning, Sunday Sunday morning, morning early. Yeah. When ground, it was immaculate. Yeah. The place was kept immaculate, you know. And they weren't the only two. There was quite a lot of oh. volunteers. I always remember, used to remember um, Gordon Watson's dad. Cyril. Cyril was yep. always down yeah, there as was. well. Yeah, They always, the place was immaculate. Nothing was left undone, you know. Oh, no. I, I remember... You know, it was clean. I remember leaving something on a, a, a an empty Coke can on a table or a coffee cup or a teacup or something on a table... And Fred Wilmore just tearing strips off me. <laughs> would you do that at home? No. Well, I probably would, actually. <laughs> well, you're not going to do it here. That's it. Yep. He was, they There's were, another store order. All of them. Freddie yep. Wilmore. Yeah. You know, yeah. they lived for the place. Absolutely. They did. You know, yeah. they did. Yeah. It was there. You know, they said if the, if the footy club survives, the town will town survive. That's right. Yep. And yep. that was only Bond's. Yep. She yeah. said if this football club survives, well, you know and what? all the youth, all the young ones, she'd seen everyone growing up and... yeah. What have you? And it's got so much enjoyment out of that club. And I can, and I, you know? I reckon we can thank you and the lawns for that because if you and the lawns didn't have anything to do on a Saturday afternoon, God knows what the town would have looked like. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Uh, it's funny though. Bonnie also had that aura about her, and um, I remember it was only maybe six weeks before Bonnie passed and we had John Brady's funeral at the hall. Johnny Brady, yeah. And there was a lot of people there. Somebody came over to me. I can't remember who it was. Anyway. I remember you being summoned. Yeah. Bonnie would like to speak to you. And I went, and it was like being, you know, um, asked to come asked to the... to come to the Smoky Queen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I came over and I sat down opposite her and I said, hello, Bonnie. And she said, how are you? The bloody hell are you, Rusty? <laughs> I haven't seen you for so long. Yeah. And I said, I'm really good. And I just asked how she was. She said, oh, they've taken my car off me and I've given this walker and this sort of thing. But I'm pretty good. And, you know, and it was it was a wonderful couple of minutes I spent with her. Um, and it was just amazing that, you know, she hadn't changed from what I remembered her. You know, she was still that uh, happy, you know, that sort of thing, even though she had her wheels taken off her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it was yeah, terribly sad for everybody, um, you know, when she did pass away not that long afterwards. When she was vice president, I took her to a meeting. That was over at the Clifton Springs Golf Club, I yeah, think it was, yep. at the time. The issue of coming up, moving the ground, 
came up and Arnie Bond stopped them dead in their tracks. And she was, I don't say bordering on violent, but she was brutal yeah. in her delivery. And I'd never heard my auntie like that. I didn't think she had it that rhetoric. And a couple of interjections and she pulled the bloke up. Basically, you've had your go. Yep. Right, you've told me why, I'm telling you why not. And at the end of it, it was squashed that night. It was basically... Wow. And there was no way... And it, it, the town come into it, the blokes playing the footy come into it, the whole lot, the mm. heart, the, the yeah. sweat and the blood and the tears that had gone into that particular, it was iconic to the where it is. Yeah. Yep. It's such a good ground, the amount of effort that had gone into yeah. such a good ground. She said, you haven't got a plan. And I'm sitting back thinking, this is my auntie, yeah. which I'd never, ever heard her speak like that. And it's yeah. a funny thing, those, all those Cameron girls, the husbands were scared of no one, feared nobody. <laughs> but when those Cameron girls said something to their oh, right, they, they just did yeah just oh, yeah okay no worry oh yeah right um, so, just uh, for the listeners out there that don't know a lot about the family tree and that uh, how many Cameron girls were there there was four yeah. girls and four boys it's so a big family it was so, yeah, originally farmers from Connawarri had yep. the farm Hilltop yep and uh, it was a dairy farm 270 acre dairy farm so when they were little they had to milk by hand before yep. they went to school and then they'd walk. They'd walk to school. They'd go yeah. to school at Connawarri? Yeah, mm. yeah. And then it eventually came into Bowen Heads, mm. and they would walk to Bowen Heads from there. So you, yeah. you're talking Bluestone School Road, yeah. you know. So it was a fair, fair whack. But they had chores to do it's before. A long, it's a long walk from Bowen Heads to Bluestone School Road in Connawarri. Apparently Matt Walder told me he did it after the pub not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been harder. <laughs> I reckon his head, his feet would have hurt more than his head if that was the case. The time he got there, so they just they were of typical people of that ilk. Yeah, that yep. they they knew what the value was of work. They yep. were happy. Yep. They never whinged, bitched, or complained. Job was a job. Didn't matter what it was. They yeah. didn't. They didn't compare anybody with what the what the jobs were. Yeah. And all the kids coming through were the same. And yeah. the funny thing is, they've all Uncle Sandy's the only one still alive. Uh, he's 93 now. He was the second youngest. So they've all dropped in order, apart from mum, yep. my mum, um, when she was the youngest. Yeah. Yeah, they just right. got on with it. And now when I look at it, the amount of effort, I don't know where she found the time to spend on the footy club and ran the haberdashery at Myers as well. It was like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It was military precision by the numbers, you know. Mm. And she just, every, every I was dotted, every T was crossed. There wasn't anything left. I remember to, going um, into Myers one day, going through Myers one day with a school bag. And I was—I don't know why—something something had happened, and I was—I was flustered. And she noticed. She saw me walking through, and she said, "You're all right." And I said, "No," something, and I can't remember what it was. But she said, "I'd, I'd missed the bus or something." And anyway, my bag was full of books, and she said, "Give me a school bag. I'll bring it home for you. Come round to my place. Just come round and get it." And and then I—I I just went without my school bag. I was a bit freer, and I could do what I, I can't even remember what it was now. But I was—I was upset about something. And I had, she took my school bag and she put it in her car and brought it home and I went and did what I had to do and caught a later bus home and went round, the bus dropped me out the front, of, the her front place. of her place. I went across and got my, got my school bag and went wouldn't home. Think, would not think twice about no. it. No, she, she saw that there was someone she knew and it didn't have to be someone she knew, but she knew me and you're in trouble, I'll help you. That's, and, that, and it was as simple as that. It's not like I'm going to get you out of trouble, just I'll, I'll look I'll after your bag for you. And never, yeah, that's the sort of, do you remember a bloke called Tommy Boss? Yes, <laughs> and Donnie. Yes. In the end, Auntie Bonnie, he would go and see her and say, "Are you going home soon?" Like if I, yeah. yes, 
I'll give you a lift home, Tommy, because Tommy was notorious for going to a car yard and uh, I want to test drive a car. You got a license? <laughs> yeah, I have. I yeah. Have a look. Oh, yeah. Fake. Jerry, Jerry or Richard? Jerry, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there it is. He'd get it. He'd drive it to the outskirts, the sign just outside right. Barry Walker's. <laughs> He'd just pull it up on the side of the road and just walk in. And he left the car there. He had to get home somehow. Yeah. So he, used to, he just used to, <laughs> and Auntie Bond got wind of it. Yeah. So she just, in the end, he, he, copped, he copped a bit over it. And then he, yeah. she'd say, now, if you need to get a lift home, Tommy, you come and see me. Yeah. Right? And he, he would, um, you go, yep, okay, I'll wait. And she had that little, the little escort yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah. And um, there she'd take him out. It did a lot of things behind the scenes that yeah. people aren't But it's funny of. that, like you're saying, the, the family uh, didn't mind what work they did. They worked hard. They did all that sort of thing. And that's exactly what both Donna and Bonnie did at the footy club. You know, worked hard, didn't care. Your mum and dad the same. They're all yeah, the same. They, 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 were, they were, you know, they enjoyed themselves when they did have a, yep. a, a good time out. But, they, but spoke highly of like yeah, of, um, yeah. your mum and dad and all that. Yeah. It was... Um, uh, and it's probably when you say that you don't know how Bonnie found the time to do all this sort of stuff. Um, if she ever got married, she probably wouldn't have done half that stuff. Yeah. She wouldn't have. No. Yep. She wouldn't have. She'd have had her own life to... She, she immersed herself in yeah. the... Um, if there was a function, if someone was, get like you said, married or whatever, she was chief cook and bottle wash. Yeah. We talked last week about gigs that Trevor Bishop and Starry did and they'd yeah. go late into the night. And Bonnie was... Well into her 80s. Yeah. And it, you could be at 1.30 in the morning, she'd be making soup at 1 o'clock in the morning and everybody would be ready to go home and you'd say, the band's finished. Like, we'd already slung them 100 bucks twice <laughs> to, to keep playing because the money's coming over the bar. Yeah. And, you know, we have, we've got a licence till 10 o'clock. It's now half past one in the morning. Still if the, going. If the wallet was turned up, we're in all sorts of trouble. And Bonnie knew all that and she'd say... Oh, well, I can't have all these people here. There's no food for them. We've run out of food. And she'd make soup. Yeah. There'd be soup cooking. And then all these people, the band had shut, the lights had all come on. There'd be all these people standing around, at the, at, lined up at the, the kitchen, kitchen. Getting, a, getting a cup of soup yes. in, a, in a foam cup. Something to eat. She'd go home and get all yeah. that sorted and bring, it, bring up. it home. She's unbelievable. And, like, that's the thing. We're in, well into her 80s at a social function when she, and she didn't drink she'd have the occasional one but she Might wasn't a drinking it. Or a yeah, or something. she wasn't drinking it that night that's one thing she didn't she didn't do yeah yeah but everyone's blotto and she's making sure they're they're alright and that's it was amazing no like, actually that was the, like I said that was her family that was but her. I do remember one night we had a band called Cool Change Glenn Braithwaite who's Daryl's brother yeah and Daryl and anyway I went and her nephew played in it we booked them and they weren't cheap. They were one of the more expensive bands in Geelong, but we booked them and Mick Turner was not happy about it. And then halfway through the night, he said, how can we get these blokes to play for another hour? <laughs> and I, so I, I grabbed Glenn during a break and I said, how much do you need to play for another hour? And he told me and I said, no worries. So, I was, so we got that out of the bar and we, Bonnie, wrote down what we took out of the bar and it all went, make sure. Yeah, anyway, balanced. We were supposed to finish at 11. We got him to play till 12. And then he goes... Can you do it again? And I went to Bonnie and I said, oh, we're going to get another 100. No, you're not. Why not? I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to Mick Turner, I said, he said, we can make another 500 bucks over the bar. I said, Bonnie wants to go home. He goes, righto, shut the tape. <laughs> shut it down. That was it. That was that the end was of the it. night. She was done. She was done. She was tired. Yeah. But we'd had a home game because Mick yeah. used to like to have the players get paid at a home game and we have a function. 
so they spend the money. Spend the money yeah, back so you over get it the back. jump, so you get it back. That was his theory, but it was it was a big load on people like Bonnie, who she would get there at seven thirty in the morning and open the canteen, yeah, and be still there at one o'clock in the morning, cleaning up, cleaning up, and, and doing everything. stuff. And wanted, she said, "No, we're not having any more. I want to go home. I'm cooked here. We're done." And, and I went. Like she was 85. <laughs> I said, that'll do. Well, the funny thing was, it's when she went into hospital, and I got a phone call from my cousin, Auntie Bond's had another trip. She's gone in. So I get in there, psst, nothing wrong. All right, all right. They do a few tests, so we're going to keep you in. So they transferred her to um, St. John of God, and she's up there. And she was like, I'm going home. I said, well, maybe you might have to go somewhere else. She said, no, I'm going home to Barnett's. I've got a job with the hall. I said, you might have to pass that off for a little while, Auntie Bonnie. That was on the Thursday night. And my wife was with me, Nez was with me then. And you might have to do this and do that because you might be able to go home. The next day, I've gone in there thinking, oh, I've got the car ready, I'll just pick her up and bring her home because she's rah-rah. And they said, oh, she's had a rough night, really bad, and that was it. She couldn't get home to do her thing with the hall and the op shop and had to do something with someone else and I had to get the keys organised and yeah. got all that. And that was Thursday night. And... Friday she passed, she, I said, no, you probably not, pull yeah, rank. Yeah. I said, you're probably not going to be able to do it. I think now I say I probably said the wrong thing because yeah. Saturday, a Friday, she's gone. I thought you were alluding to a story that I thought you told me, but it might have been someone else where they've, they've gone into hospital to, you know, look, if it was Bonnie, she said, I'm ready to go home, I'm ready to go home. And um, you said, no, 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 stay there. And you went in the next morning and, you know, to visit her and you've gone in there and, the bed's empty. She's gone. And she's <laughs> gone, and you've gone, oh, no, she's gone. Yeah, no, she packed a bag, she's headed home to Balneeds. <laughs> oh, I thought she died. <laughs> Was, did that happen yeah, at all? She yeah. had a, uh, look, she had strokes. Yep. She had, as a young child, at 12, she went into hospital with a stomach problem. Uh, to this day, I don't know what it was, but she yeah. spent about three or four months in hospital. And, it's, uh, and uh, some of the siblings, like when the floods went through, mum and Uncle Don were... 12 months in hospital with tuberculosis yeah, yeah. and lost a lung, all that sort of So yeah. they all went through a lot of hardship yeah. and it's just got on with life. I still try to teach me kids, don't win me because something's not, didn't go right for you, you know. Yeah. Foxtel's not working, mm. the batteries are flat, you know. Yeah. These people, you anyway. Got, you haven't got a bathroom or you haven't got, got running water. Or haven't got, got running water or, yeah, yeah, you know, or anything like that. But well, she, she, was uh, a, she was a bloody marvel, a force of nature. She was, yep. but that was one of the stories. Yeah, I thought, oh, she's gone. We're going to have a person of the century for our footy club. You wouldn't have to think about it too long now. Like, like it was. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be still down there bossing everyone around, yeah, Karen. We spoke recently. You told me a story. I'm going to get you to tell it here on the podcast. God, I hope it's true. If it's not true, it's still a brilliant story, and you can tell it anyway. You might have to change the names. But what I'm going to say somebody's name here. We have a person who we get asked a lot about who's one of the most popular people and footballers in our football club, a fella called Jeff Nicholson. <laughs> we get asked quite a bit <laughs> We get asked quite a bit to get Nico on the show. And we haven't got him on yet. And we want to. But I want you to tell the story that you told me about Jeff Nicholson. It's got nothing to do with footy, but it's one of the most brilliant stories I've ever heard. Nico I was fortunate enough to play footy with Nico. And I might I I'll lead into that because Nico, I think we we already talked about it. He was the sort of bloke that'd take a specky at full back, and the ball would go up, and he'd take the, the specky at full forward, like he was in the same phase in the same play. Fa- in the same play. 
Yeah. Had this blonde hair, a great build, built like a smaller version of, I'd say, Wayne Corn. Wayne was a fit-looking bloke, Kim, yeah. though, good builds. And he was just a brilliant footballer, but it, it was just a cracker, like a firecracker. You just yeah. didn't know when you had him, or you didn't, you just had that look. Yeah. And there were some tough men that played football in the ballerine. And I'm probably I'm digressing here. I'll come back to the yeah, story. Yeah, no but I, there was a bloke that played. He just recently died. His name was Carl Ferguson. He played for um, Newcomb. He played at North Shore. He was a very tough man. He Actually, he was part of the Australian tug-of-war team. I think it was the Finesford. He, he, um, either Finesford or one of those um, sides. Charles Darling. Or the Darling. Or with Frog Ritchies yeah, and, um, Darling. Yeah. and um, Mick. Sh- world of sport every season. That's it. Mick yeah. Sheridan yeah. and all those. Yeah. And they won this um, yeah. thing. So he was a tough player. He could play footy. And really feared no one. And I, this day they played. And two people I know of for a fact, I'm pretty sure for a fact, had said to him, we don't, you know, whatever you do, that number one there, just don't fire him up, don't go anywhere near him or do anything wrong to him. I'm pretty sure one was Alan Fry, Alan was, was Wayne Corns. Mm. Don't do it. Just don't say anything to this bloke. Oh, I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof, yeah, mate. I'm not you scared know, of that little... I'm not scared of that little... Yeah. And as he's yeah. been carried off the ground unconscious, Carl Ferguson, <laughs> um, Wayne Corns was said to be gone over and as he's gone down to do his shoelace, to make out he's doing his shoelace, he's said to him as he's gone past, three punts not compass. I told you so. <laughs> so um, he could he could seriously look after himself and play footy. But he was uh, he's actually in a team photo. I reckon it's seventy nine, and he's just pulled his jumper over his clothes. Yeah, so we're all, yeah. We're all there. He's got a he's got a like a blue windshield blue running windshield underneath. Yeah. Just, and he's just. Um, I tell you something very funny or ironic. You know who he lived next door to? As a kid. No. Dennis Johnson. Bullshit. Johnny's next door neighbour. Yeah, he was. How would you? How would you be? You wouldn't have picked that. Two blokes that live next door to each other, come all the way down to Bowen Heads and, and become and two of the best footballers we've ever had. They've ever had. Yeah. Both wore but, number one. Yeah. And both wore number one. Yeah. But poles are 180 degrees apart. Yeah. Because they're both gentlemen. Absolutely. But Jono yeah. was a gentleman. On and yeah. off. On and off the ground. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Nico was a gentleman off it. But he was a gentleman on it. And he was on it until you did the wrong thing. Yeah, he got poked. Yeah. He got poked and then he, uh, he went off with a thrash machine. Anyway, we'll go, we'll go back. I've gone off. I've done a Roddy Coolman here and I've gone off the wrong tangent. But anyway, we've gone out diving. And I used to get seasick. And Who were you with? Well, I reckon I was with Rod Lawn for a start. I know Rod was in the boat. I think it was one of, uh, it was Bobby Bruce's oh, yeah. old ab boat. Yep. And I get seasick. Right? Shocking. So generally what happens, we get to where we were going. You drop the anchor over. Once it's hit, bang, I'm in the water. I have to because I just... And I still do. I still get horrendously seasick. It's just... I don't know what it is. At any rate, I've gone over, bang, we've dropped the anchor. And we're, we're either off the ant or the channel, but yep. way out. Yeah. Like, a long way offshore. Like, you wouldn't swim it. Yeah. You know, you, you'd do it in a boat. Yeah. So I've dropped this bloody anchor over. Down she goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Next thing, I nearly get pulled in. Into the drink. Oh! He said, is that, I said, no, there's something, there's something going on here. And I'm like oh, this. There's something on the other end on of the other, other end of this bloody anchor. I'm getting pulled. So we're tugging and throwing. Next thing it went limp. So I'm pulling up. Pulling up. Next thing, there's a diver on the end of it. Are you joking? There's a bloke. Pulls up. Looks at me. Giving me the bloody shake in his head, hand. Rah, 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 giving me the thumb. Rah. And he takes his mask off. It was Nico. <laughs> and the anchor had hit him fair on the back of the head while he was on the bottom looking oh. for whatever. 
Couldn't have got a miles from anywhere. Like just out nowhere. Bang. So you've None. hit him on the head hit with him on the head. In, I don't know how deep the water was. Good shot. <laughs> Mate. Been threading the eye of a needle through 40 it, feet. That was just bang, hit him on the back of the head. So was there a boat and nearby? It, or? No, no flags, no boat, no nothing. He'd swum from the shore. He'd swum out there. And after he'd said, rah, rah, put the goggle on, bang, gone. Never saw him again. And to this day, I can tell you now, I've never seen him again. <laughs> and I was surprised, not surprised, but... Teddy was telling me, oh, yeah, he's alive and he's he was at, He was at last year's past players' day and he said he hadn't been out back to the footy club for about 25 years because he plays golf on Saturdays. But he changed his golf in the afternoon to playing in the morning and uh, he came down. He, he plays golf every Saturday afternoon at Ocean Grove. I know there's a few blokes that have worn the number one since or after he sort of retired with that blonde hair and that and got hammered. Got yeah. hammered. Yeah. Hammered. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, that's the Mark Humphrey story. Yeah, yeah, they got yeah. hammered, and then they had to go change the jumper or just let them know because this is square up top. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Um, um, remember, Mark, we played Ocean Grove over at Ocean Grove, and Mark Humphrey was the coach, and he wanted to wear number one. He had long blonde hair. It wasn't curly. Nico's was curly. That's right. It, Mark's was straighter. It was still a bit curly, but it was, wasn't as... Like, Nico's was ringlet curly. Yeah. Anyway, Nico had been picked on Thursday, and it had gone into the paper, but he didn't... He did. He wasn't available. He did. He ended up. He was. He was a bit iffy, yep. and he just didn't come up. So he didn't play. But we ran out onto the ground, and when we ran out on the ground, Ocean Grover in the goal square. You know, at the Ocean Grove at the the ocean end of the old memorial. Yeah. They're all in the goal square doing their little handball drill, and we ran out on the ground, and every single head turned, and they all looked, and there's number one with the long curly hair, blonde hair. <laughs> off we go. Off. Down the ground, and I just noticed everyone looked and watched us go past. And anyway, we away goes the game, and we're playing. And every time Mark went near the footy, he got crunched. <laughs> he just got thumped. Yeah. And he was playing on the half forward line. And I, Steve Tomo was playing. Steve Thompson, uh, yeah. yeah. And he was playing yeah. on the half back with me. And he goes, "Geez, they're giving it to Mark, aren't they?" And I said, "I reckon they think he's Nico." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, good point. Anyway, we come in at quarter time and Mark goes, how about you blokes give me a bit of cover, will you? These blokes are trying to kill me. And I said, might change your, change your jumper. They think you're Jeff Nicholson because <laughs> you put his number in the paper on Thursday afternoon. And yeah, that's who they're going they're, after. They're, they're trying to square up. Square, yeah. And I said, you either got to fight back or they're going to... Or change the jumper. <laughs> change the jumper. Come out with another jumper on. And I said... I said, well, if you fight back, they'll all think you are, Nico, and then you'll be in real troubles. It was very funny. Just goes to show how smart the Ocean Grove blokes are, yeah, because right. why would you even poke the bear with a stick if yeah, you're not too right. sure if who you, it is? If you're not there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if it was him... It, oh, they they would have known the first time. What about Marshy? Did, did Marshy ever teach her anything, from yeah, either yeah. on the field or off the field? Actually, Marshy was... I played... Um, he got done. He got reported. No. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. Yeah, well, the one uh, on numerous occasions, but he got done for a number of weeks. He went, <laughs> we're playing at Winch. Yep. And Marshy went through with the old King Gary. He did the old Bruce Lee kick going right through. And he never hit anyone. He never cleaned any or t- didn't hit anybody. Well, I don't think he did. But it was just the action. Yep. And the. the as um, the ball's mid air. As the ball's mid air. Yep. And he's gone through this and he got the boot up. Didn't connect. Anyway, he got time. Uh, Lang- Graham Langsworth was coaching. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was Graham. And he said, well, you're full back. You're going to play full back. So we're playing um, 
<laughs> playing against uh, Anglesey. And Marshy went from end to end. He just went to the end. He said, kick it there. Kick it over to him. Kick it to him. <laughs> I, still, I still actually remember him. I reckon it was Kim Corns. He said, kick it that way because Kim Corns is going to run down from a forward flank. So just kick it there towards the other side of the ground. Yeah, and it was all going good. And I was, I was actually kicking pretty good kicks. Just torpedo barrels. Yep. I decided I'm going to do a drop kick because Marshy just did wow, drop just, kicks. Just impress the just master. Just impress the master. I'll just, I'm going to pull this one out of my backside and I could do a drop kick. Couldn't, couldn't do him like him. He just put him in the centre all the time. And I've, <laughs> unbeknown to me, like the bloke stand on the, you know, the 10 yards. Yeah. And I've, I've muffed it, something shocking, and it's just gutted this bloke. It's gone straight into it. You got the biggest. He got a bigger fright than I did, I think. <laughs> and fortunately, went back over the over the back over the line for a point. And Marshy's got the ball, and he's just come over to me. I'm standing there, and yeah, a few choice words. <laughs> I do drop kicks at this club. <laughs> In the seniors, I do the drop kicks. You just do your punts. I do all the drop kicks and you will kick it where I tell you to kick it <laughs> from now on until I get back playing. <laughs> yeah, right. No worries. Yes, Brian. And, yes, Brian. <laughs> no worries. And I was not not game to do it. And I was looking for him in the end. Yeah. It would go through for a point or whatever. And I just, where do you want me to kick it? Where do you want me to kick it? And the bloke I was playing on said, is he just telling you where to kick it? I said, yeah, that's Brian Marshman, mate. There's no way no I'm... I'm going to say anything. He said, because he was holding his guts. I said, sorry about that, mate. I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't mean to. I just thought I'd do drop kick, you know. And he said, I didn't even know it was coming. I was looking the other way. I mean, the guts. <laughs> I said, I got told while he's there at the end of the ground, I'll, I will not be doing another drop kick, mate. So you don't, you can look anywhere you like because it ain't going to happen to you again. <laughs> Not a classic. No, he was, yeah, he, they were good. They were, him and Alan Fry had a thing going. Yeah. They just waxed off one another. Like, one would go, one would come back. They just knew where they were. Mm. They just knew where to be. If he was there in a contest or uh, and you think, oh, it's going through, and next thing Alan Fry's come through the point posts, between the point and the goal post, he's run through there. He's actually gone around behind the goals, yeah. and he's run through there, and he's got the ball. Like, they just had a, a connection, yeah. you know, playing footy. They'd say, go here. Or he would be running out when you were playing there, and the handful of games I played, fortunate enough to play with them, and he'd say goals. He'd just say goal line. So I just knew then that I'd just go and stand on the goal line. Don't worry about your player. And I was big yeah. on manning up. Yeah. Man up, man up. And I used to get frustrated because people didn't. I'd just say, man up, man up. It's a, it's, you know, Don't give him anything to kick to. He'd just go stand on the goal line. And sure enough, he knew that it was going to come over. Nine times out of ten, it bounces on the goal line or it bounces there with no one else goes through. And I was there. Yeah. He was, he'd give it to Pete. He'd just... Blokes running back to the centre, or they'd be coming through, and he'd he'd just trotting through, and you'd see him changing direction. What's he doing? Boom! The bloke would be on the ground, or he'd run through him. He wouldn't even turn his head to look back. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know how old he was, like at that stage, but just didn't fear anybody. Yeah. And that day with Tanner, he just didn't fear this uh, big bloke. Two can play that game, mate. Yeah. Like it just. Oh, it's Mike Tyson. Yeah, I'll have a crack with you, mate. Bang! You know, I'm throwing the first one, and it was on. Yeah, they were. Um, they had a good connection. That was, like I said, you learned a lot. It's funny. Dennis Johnson was another one. You know, yeah. they were all clever. Chuka, they were just all good. They just had a connection just together. It would have been exciting for them when they played together as a team. Oh, yeah. And they were just winning game after game after. They'd basically go out. I think they might have um, 
actually thought they would, they'd go out every game. They're just going to win every game. Yeah. I don't think they ever thought that yeah. we're going to lose. We, we just we just don't lose football yeah. games. Yep. You know, and, and when you play with them, yeah, and you know the connection, you know it's, how it's, they operate on a ground. You think yep. to yourself, that's um, the expectation. That's the expectation. We're going out to win. We lose. What's that? It's not even in our vocab. Yeah. We're, we're going to beat this side. It's by how much. Yeah. You know, and even when they're down, we're still going to beat this side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still remember, you're talking about uh, Jono. It was uh, Noel Mullins yeah. coached. Yeah. Right? And he was a good footballer, Noel. Yep. And they asked Rod Lawn, can you do some stats? They were talking about it. And Ronnie's come home and he said, you want to do stats? So we played under 17s and we had the numbers, one to whatever it was. And they're playing Torquay, and they'd done their homework. So Jono's playing, and they had a number one as well. And he was um, tagging Dennis and for half the game. And he was doing a great job, and it was pretty hard to try and stop Dennis Johnson. he just just get on his own. But this bloke was doing a pretty good job. Three-quarter time, they come out up the third quarter. There's been a bit of a play. Goes back to the centre, it was a goal. He's on fry in the centre. Next thing is the blue. <laughs> this number one's gone down. She's out of the equation. And then John didn't have a tag after that. <laughs> right, so they went on. And I'm pretty sure they, they, they won the game. We had to give the spiel, right, I had to go back in <laughs> and give the stats yep. right after the game. So he's gone through all the numbers, John right. Had kicks, marks, hand passes, free kicks, scores, points. It was all right. We've gone through all the numbers. We get to 26, which was Alan Fry. <laughs> uh, tank. Five kicks, four marks, three hand passes, 18 left hooks to the forehead. <laughs> and, and reported, you know. It was just, and that just, bro, everyone just pissed themselves laughing. But, I, you know, it's funny how those, again, those blokes, I'm gonna do, you couldn't do it nowadays. Yeah. We're yeah. going to take this bloke out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Noel Rainey, do you remember Noel Rainey? Yeah, do Captain yeah. of the seconds. Yeah. I was playing my first year. Newcomb. Um, they were they used to they were pretty physical. They were a pretty yeah. tough side. Yeah. Newcomb. If when they first started, they couldn't win a game. But then they yeah. got they got really good. Mm. And I was playing on this bloke. He was older than me, and he just kept flicking me all the time. Just kept bang, bang, bang. And then he's giving me the elbow, and I was sort of going back. Um, Held me out. Noel was playing back pocket, and I was on a back flank. We were over at the far side of the club over yeah. there, and Noel's yelling, and he wore this long sleeve shirt, this thing, number 39. He, he said, you're right, Debbie? Yeah, you're all right. I looked at, yeah, I'm okay, I'll hold me thing. Anyway, this bloke's pushing, pushing. Humpy's coming to bounce, so I hear thump. <laughs> I look. <laughs> this bloke, this bloke is just laying flat, face down. I look back, here's the 39 running back to the back pocket. <laughs> From, I got hammered for most of it, because they thought I'd done it. Yeah. But I hadn't done it. It was Noel had, had um, yeah. squared it up. He'd squared yeah. it up. And this bloke took no more. He was just, that was no. 19th and 20th man. Yeah. So that's, he just got, he went off between the that's blokes it. and another bloke come on and, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, those characters, you know. They were characters. Hey, listen, we need to get through the two truths and a lie. So yeah. we need to come back to them. Right. We'll, we'll just roll through them again. You've sheared 5,000 sheep. Over 5,000 sheep. Over 5,000 sheep. And you know we've got a farm. Yep. You drank 100 pots in a week. 100 pots of Guinness yes. in a week. And you've done 28 peer to pubs 
in yak shorts without goggles. So, Nipper, have a, have a think about that. I'm thinking it's the 100 pots. But I don't doubt that you did the 100 pots. I don't think it took you a week. I reckon you did it quicker than that. 100 pots is not a big challenge. No, when I did it, it was 100, 100 pints. Hundred pots in a week. You don't drink Guinness out of pots very often. That's right. Drink them out of pints. That's what I'm going for. I reckon he's drunk either a hundred pints, or he's drunk it in more than a week. More than less than a week. Nah. <laughs> okay. Nah. So we're, drives so we reckon, home. Drives home. Oh, no, was that f- Eureka? Was that Eureka? No, sorry, yeah. I stand corrected. So the five thousand yeah, sheep. Have given you more of a clue. There. We're probably yeah, on the to the five thousand sheep. Are probably all right. We're, I reckon. Um, and the well, 28 Peter pubs in, I reckon If you did one Peter pub You would have done it in yakkers and no goggles Yeah So, so you're going no Peter reason. pub No, no, I reckon that's true Yeah But I, don't, I reckon the 100 pots is not true Okay, I'm going to go with the sheep I reckon I don't reckon you've sheared 5,000 sheep But I do reckon you've sheared more sheep than Gornsey has <laughs> <laughs> Has <laughs> he still got all his fingers? No, no but the, <laughs> no, she, but the sheep she didn't, she she didn't, didn't survive. survive. <laughs> Hello, Wayne, if you're listening. It was a great story. And he was embarrassed to tell it. Sheep buried out in the paddock somewhere. No, it wasn't. He fed it no, to no, the, the dog. No, the dog. He buried the carcass and that was... The bloke was going to make Wayne pay for it. And, uh, Wayne said, well, I'll take the dog because the sheep's in it. And... Uh, Oh, that's and uh, that's why Cornsey became a roof tiler. <laughs> <laughs> All a, right. Yeah. Oh, so I reckon he, I don't gold. reckon he sheared five thousand sheep, but he sheared more than Cornsey. That's gold. Right. What is it? Yeah, I haven't sheared five thousand sheep. Oh. So you're, you're onto it. There you Got go. I've done twenty-eight Peter pubs in the hard jackers straight, and no goggles because I went down for the first one. Didn't take any togs or my boardies or anything. No wetsuit. Oh well, stuff it. So I just cut the legs off the bloody. Hard yak as I had, and swam it, and it's been a tradition ever since. Yes, uh, the hundred pots, that was um, that was between the hours of seven and ten. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Friday night, I drank thirty-one between seven and midnight. So that was the Guinness, and that was to get on the board. Yeah, there was. Yeah, so there was a Guinness yeah. board in there. So I thought I'm yeah. getting on this Guinness board. All right, and uh, so. So we and didn't the 5, get five thousand. No, I didn't do five thousand sheep. No. All right, that's no, the you one. You normally tell us you it's done a lot, or an amateur that's got missing fingers. I would love to have seen him try to shear a sheep. No offence, but a bloke your age, five thousand, only about three a year. Yeah, it's not yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's not a lot it's when you lot. when you've got a farm, a sheep yeah. farm. Yeah. 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 Oh, now there's this one. There's one quick one. This might. I remember you telling this story many many years ago. So I'm just going to run it past you. If it turns out to be not true, I'm going to cut it out. It, it involves a yellow F one hundred U. Yes, and a, you told me this story. And I want to know if it's true. Did you bugger up a drag race with a bloke in an SLR five thousand Holden in Geelong one night at the TNG building? At Mirable Street. At there. Mirable Street. He won. Oh, I know he won. <laughs> I know how he won too. <laughs> Keep going. Well, the story I, is is that you were a little bit further down the hill than he was. Yeah, and coming he's, down Rubble Street. Yeah, yeah. It, near Fletcher Jones, That's where right. Fletcher Jones used to be. Yes. And he went, boom, 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 and you thought, I'll take the challenge. 
popped it into reverse and backed up to get level with him. <laughs> when the light turned green, <laughs> took off. You floored it yeah. and went backwards up the hill. <laughs> and he just took off down he the hill. He took off down the and that, I've done that twice. <laughs> the second time was over the ocean grave and I hit two oldies in the car. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Mandy R. Callum, I heard Tony Lawton. And you, I remember when you told yeah. me that story, and you said, and and I said, what happened next? And you said, I did a left hand t- left turn and went down Rory Street. And just kept going. He took off. Um, I remember as a young bloke of about, oh, I reckon I was probably about 14, 15 maybe, and um, not a lot to do in Bowen as a fourteen or fifteen year old, and. Um, Tim used to take Andy Lewis and I to the drive-ins on a Saturday night. <laughs> in his in his Ute, yes. the old what was it a uh, XC? XC, yeah, that's right, XC Ute. Fly Saturday Lewis. night into into Moorlap, which is um, pretty close to where you live now. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, we'd go and watch movies, and Tim would drive us home, and I remember distinctly driving down the Ballerine Highway, and Tim would be straddling the white line. And I thought that was the scariest thing that had ever happened to me in a car, driving near the white line, and nothing could happen because it's a two-way lane. But um, and then he turned the headlights off and yeah. just see how far we could go with the headlights <laughs> off. Well. I remember being in a car with you one night when you turned the headlights <laughs> off, going down the Bowenheads Road, just be- between yeah. the corner and where Warralilly is now. And yeah, from just, Jealous's corner. Yeah, yeah. Ch- just turning the lights off and just driving down the road. It was a mo- it was a moonlit night. And you went. I was wonder how bright the moon is. I don't know where we were going, but we were going in town. <laughs> Probably one of those nights when you're at the pub not drinking and giving everybody a lift a lift into town to go. Because I didn't I didn't used to drink a lot. Yeah, I hardly ever drank. Because um, I did ended up after I left footy. I did went down and started doing karate. I actually enjoyed it. I loved it, and I did all right at it. Like we all ended up in every weight division. All of us had held a state title at one stage or another and I was fortunate enough to win one you know they had the spirit awards like the Brownlow the Biston Ferris yep. got one of those God. yeah I, I um, you did a few King of the Mountains too didn't you did a, yeah did the King of the Mountains at Witchy Proof Witchy the smallest mountain in the world <laughs> registered mountain in the world yeah oh. Connie there Sheen are, I don't there know there are people who yeah, climb yeah. Mount Everest and then go to Witchy Proof and walk up uh, that hill to say that they've climbed, climbed the, the tallest and, and the smallest. smallest it's right it's the smallest yeah. registered yep. Um, yeah, I made the cut there to, to run in the tenth. I still remember the tenth one. There, everyone got a medal because it was ten straight. Oh yeah. And um, there was forty. And they they said we've got a secret weapon from Geelong, and I went from like eight to one favourite to yeah. two to one or something. And um, Connie Sheen, yeah. who's since passed, yeah. he organised it all. Oh right, I didn't know that. Yeah, we, on. yeah, I got. We had to get our money back. I had to come in twentieth. And I was going all right, and a bloke dropped his bag, so I stopped to help him. Oh. And they're all screaming at me. So I've picked the bag up, and I've put it on this bloke's shaver on rough run past. And then I went to get mine, it just flattened him. So yeah. it was just a waste of time. Yeah. But I ended up getting 20th. There so I go. went from last, path the way up past the school to... Um, to uh, yeah, so that was... That Greg, was Greg Dax from Newcomb won a few of them, didn't he? I went to school with Greg, he won the yeah. first three. Yeah. He played uh, footy at Newcomb. Yeah, he was a big yeah. boy. Yeah. He's a lovely bloke, Greg Dax, and he won the first three. They, were, they had, had the, the year I ran, the bloke had won maybe four in a row. He was mm. going for his fifth. We should have had a king of the bluff. They could have had a king. I fell off the bluff for a training run one night. No, who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't because you didn't do any of the training no, I, didn't train. I was a cricket trainer. Righto. So, the next thing, last thing we're going to do. Nipper, what did you learn tonight? <laughs> I learned. You've been writing notes. That Brian does drop kicks down here. Yes. 
I knew that, yes. but I didn't know that he told anyone. That Brian does the drop that kicks. Brian announced that he does. I do the drop kicks in the senior football here. Yes. Well, I learnt, I just learnt something then. I didn't realise that you'd come 20th in the King of the Mountain up in Witchy Proof and that you won money for your mates doing it. So Got our money back. Got yeah. your money back. Fantastic. Yeah. Which was all right. Uh, that's... Uh, Something I just learnt then. I'd, I'd taken a couple of other notes, but that's uh, that's something a bit different. That's not that's not just a footy club story, mate. It's been fantastic to have you. Your stories have been really, really good. I've especially I'll speak for Nipper here. Appreciate the long tales you told about Bonnie. Your your own tales are brilliant, but from a footy club point of view, we try to get. And I was I was really impressed by and I've listened because I've listened to it a couple of times this week. Jono's thing where. He mentioned those people like Bonnie and, and the Wilmores and those people like that, that he was just so impressed by those people. Mm. Uh, and Bonnie's the one who, you know, everybody remembers what Bonnie did for the club. But you're the one who's given us a real heavy insight into it because people only saw what Bonnie did at the footy club. We knew what she did at home, but you gave us a fantastic in, insight into what Bonnie did at home. And realising that it was a seven-day job to seven-day-a-week job to her and to Don, it's fantastic to have you on to, to tell that tale in, just in itself. Your own story is really good. The Jeff Nicholson story is one of my favourite ones, just about of all time. Yeah. So thanks very much for coming Thank along. Thank you very much for um, having. Me. I think you're doing a great job here. I, quite a while ago, I spoke to Nipper and he said, "Oh, we do this podcasting." And, what? Um, and I said, what's, what's, I don't know what, I didn't know what a podcast was. Neither did he when because I first told him about <laughs> yeah. it, because he thought he was going to be on television. Uh, and it's, it's, it's good that you keep the club alive, you do so much. And as you said, you're Nippers and yourself, but Mr. Mr. Barnett's, um, he's probably taken the mantle, I'd say, you could say, gone from Arnie Bond to Nipper to Russell, and uh, he keeps everyone in contact with everyone, rings when someone passed away, rings when mm. someone's crook, right across all the whole, all the football clubs, um, keeps everyone glued. Everyone's there's got to be a catalyst, and uh, the two of you do a great job. This is this is a uh, remarkable thing because it's, it's got a great history, Barnheads. Yeah. A great history. The town, the footy club, the people that have been some very very famous people have come from this town. You know, they've made a difference. A lot of people went from the war. Mm. went away and, and uh, the, the accolades that they achieved when they were overseas they never spoke of mm. that would, you know, would bring war veterans from all over the world to this town. They mm. said, oh, is this where so-and-so was? This is, this is him. This is the bloke. Like, they were very humble. Yeah. We learn a lot from the old people and you keep, this, yeah. you keep it alive and I reckon yeah. that's a, you're doing a great job and I appreciate being asked to, um, to come on, on board and... and uh, your footy club royalty, Timmy. Yep. No. It runs in your blood. It no. runs in your blood, mate. You've got no, no choice. No. Thanks no. very much for those very kind words, but they are fantastic. And you're right. The reason Nipper knows when anyone's sick, because he, he reads their mail. I've, I've, <laughs> for the last 30 years, I've believed he's, ha he's got a steamer. If he gets it, if you get a letter, yeah. he read it. Don't, he, I don't he knows, need to steamer. That's why he knows everything. I don't need to steamer. He actually, did you, you know the story when... Um, they say, oh, where's this address? Where's that address? And he'd have them all bundled up in a big, with a big lacquer band, the big red ones. He used to put the eggs in off the telephone line. Yeah, he used yeah. to keep them. He'd say, stick them in 99. She'll deliver them yeah. for you. Yeah, which yeah. Was, um, used to, yeah. Just, just, she'll distribute them for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Bowen Heads Hall, put it in 99. 
Bonnie will find it. Yeah. Barney's Community Association. Put in Bonnie's letterbox. She'll work out who it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's nah. all. Uh, it's all returned to sender now. But Teddy, I was just thinking those kind words that Tim said. Really appreciate those. Hopefully, this podcast will be out before the 14th of May because there's a very special event on that night at the Bowen Heads Hotel, and it's our centenary celebration. Tickets are available online. If you can't get them online, get a friend to get them online for you. It's all right, Mitch. I've already done it for you. <laughs> Or contact the footy club, because we'd like to get as many people there as possible. Old, young, new, whatever association you've had with the footy club, whether you're uh, just the son or daughter of a past player who had a significant impact on the club, it'd be really good to see you. So get into that on the Facebook page, Barnett's Footy Club, but also um, there's a lot of other events coming up throughout the year, past Players' Day and things at the Footy Club, women's football on Sunday, really good to go and watch that. And that's all I've got, Teddy. Thanks, mate. Knock us off with the, the usual spiel. Can you remember it? Because you nearly forgot it last week. Yeah, I know. I said it two days ago on Sunday. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Tim, for coming along. Thank Thanks, you. Nipper, for a fantastic episode, and we'll catch you next time. The Tree on the Wing is a podcast about the history of the Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club, and there are a few bigger names in the history of the club than Bonnie Cameron. Thanks to Tim for the fantastic insight into the work Bonnie and her brother Don did for the club over many years. Thanks also to Tim for sharing his own story. Like Nipper and I, he got to play senior footy with his childhood heroes and he got to play in a premiership with a few of them back in the reserves in 1987 as well. His memory for the details from those times and the insight of a young player into a team that was so drilled at playing together was terrific. And if you don't believe that strange things can happen at sea, then you might need to rethink that after his story about what happened when he was out fishing. Thanks for listening again. We'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off.